What do you do when it really does feel like desperate times might call for some desperate measures? Hi, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs, and you can always learn more about me over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And today I want to dive into a conversation that I deliberately put the pause button on. A couple of weeks ago, in the span of like, I think it was 12 hours, I saw two things happen. One, I saw a former client of mine post something online about the status of her business. She was interviewed for an article of a pretty well-known media site. And I saw in that conversation and in that interview that she was misrepresenting herself and misrepresenting her business. What she stated in the article was in direct contradiction to some of the things I knew behind the scenes about what was going on. That happened probably maybe on a Friday afternoon I saw that. And then on Sunday morning, I was looking on, um, I think probably Facebook or Instagram, one of those. And I suddenly saw a coach in the space who I really respect, who I think has a lot of value to add, suddenly offer her services at a greatly reduced rate. And you don't do that if you're not coming from a place of feast or famine or desperation or fear or something. The rate that she stated to work with her was not um, for people who were low income. They were not for people who, so she could, you know, reach more people. The way it was worded read as desperation. What I read in that article where somebody I know misrepresented themselves and their business also read to me as desperation. What do you do and how do you represent yourself when business isn't going the way you thought it would? It's really tempting to want to put out a image, a message that seems full of confidence, full of success, because nobody will buy from you, you know, and this is the story you might create for yourself. No one's going to buy from me or invest in my expertise if they don't think anyone else already has. Or if I admit to having a hard time, Why are they going to think that I have an answer to their question? And the same thing with the rate reduction. Nobody's buying from me at the rates that I've stated, so they must decide I'm not worth it. I have to lower my rates. Both of those choices radically different directions. One person is probably on that ethical line of lying and misrepresenting themselves in a way that I honestly felt was out of integrity for what I would support or what I would like to see coming from people who work for me. The other is this misaligned attempt to get business in a way that fills the slots and fills the calendar when they don't know what else will work. They just lower their rate, but there's no business strategy behind it. It's still largely impulsive and coming from desperation. But when it's not working, 
and we are doing our absolute gosh darn best to show up for ourselves, to put ourselves out there, to let people know who we are, what we do, how we serve, and how we can help, and it doesn't work, we're left floundering. And that's how these impulsive decisions get made. Now, I didn't go back to my client about the interview and embarrass her about the misrepresentation, nor did I go back to the coach and say, hey, listen, like you're worth more than this. I didn't have that conversation at the time because both times it would have been a rant and both times would have come from a place of judgment. But I don't think these two people are isolated in their experiences. I think it's quite common that people who are listening to a show about business mindset sometimes get stuck in confidence because it's not working. I know that I have. I can tell you all about last year when I suddenly like wasn't paying attention and I realized lead generation had completely dropped off for the month of August. I can tell you about this year with all of the different like sort of hoops and circles I went through as I was rebranding and changing my business name and changing my website, all of the worries and uh, stories that I created about how it would be perceived, what people must be thinking, how they must be reading me, all of that. And it gets us to this place of like, I want people to know X. I want people to know Y. So I am going to do Z. When in actuality, when we're really desperate and we're really scared and we're really vulnerable, the first thing we have to do is check in with ourselves. What is it that we're seeing, observing, and experiencing that's making us feel a certain way? Then we have to ask ourselves, how long have I noticed this? Am I just being reactive? Is this just a bad day? Or is this just a bad week? Or am I starting to see a pattern? Is this something I know on my own how to fix? Or is this something where I need to lean on someone else's you know, expertise to fix it and reach out and ask for help? The next thing is, Given that I'm experiencing this pause in my business, given that I'm in this weird place in time, how do I want to move through the world? How do I want to get to the other side? What is it that I would like to see happen? And I think what ends up happening is desperation creates this sense that we've lost sight of our goal. We go from wanting a, like in my case, if it were my business or another service provider's business, we go from wanting a full caseload with all of our slots regularly scheduled and filled to just taking a slot to get filled if we can get it to instead of saying like, I want a full thriving practice, it's, well, I I just need somebody to schedule with me. You know, the phrase that I've said to people before when I get stuck like that is I just want to be able to work. Whatever I have to do to just be able to work is great because if I'm not actually doing the coaching, like then I lose my mind. Or if I don't actually get to help people, none of this marketing is worth it. And that's the loop that I get on. But often 
that becomes so sh short-sighted. It so limits our view of what's possible. So desperate times create that desperate measure. They create that reactivity and that like impulsivity, but it creates the nervous energy. And when we operate from a place of nervous energy, we fail to land. We fail to be strategic and we fail to stop and think and say, this is the destination I want to get to. How am I going to get there? Because, for example, think about it as a road trip. You know, one of the things that growing up, I used to go, I used to live in Rhode Island and my grandmother and her, all my aunts and uncles lived in New York. And so it, our ride and how long it took kind of lived and died on the Merritt Parkway, whether or not the parkway had traffic. And if it didn't have traffic, we got there in a little over two hours. If it did have traffic, we were closer to three. And if we are reactive in traffic and we start to go, well, would it be quicker to go through Stanford, Connecticut? And would it be quicker to do this? And we're taking all of these detours. It is taking us longer to get to my grandmother's than just simply sitting in traffic. And you can see this in, um, if any of you use the Waze app, the GPS system, because this happens to me all the time now in California, where I have a destination, it puts me on the freeway. There's just a little bit of a slight slow up on the freeway. So Waze suddenly takes me off the freeway through a small town or something just to get back on the freeway and exit in a half or so later. It's less efficient to go through the town to take the detour just to move just an itty bit faster down the freeway. And it creates that sense of chaos. It creates the sense of, I don't know what's going to happen next. What am I going to have to do next? When if I know, if I just put in a podcast and I just listen and I just press play, eventually I'll get to my destination. That's what we want all of you to do as you're thinking strategically about how do you problem solve the tough times and the empty holes in your schedule and the times when the phone isn't ringing or the people aren't getting back to you. You want to be really clear on the goal and you want to be set on your path for getting there. That doesn't mean that you get rigid about it and you don't move, but you do want to make sure you're not creating a dizzying series of spirals and detours that are going to take you longer to unravel than if you had just taken a deep breath and stayed the course. But the next thing that often has to happen when people are looking at empty schedules and they're looking at businesses that aren't as full and they're looking at bottom lines that aren't meeting their needs, the next thing is an inventory. Have I really taken action to get me the life and business I want? Or have I just been wishing it so? So often we set these goals. I want a full practice. I want this to happen. I need this to happen. My business will be fine if only X. My business will be great if only Y. Rather than looking at, well, what have I done to do that? Have I emailed my email list? Have I shown up on social media? Have I reached out to former clients to see if they need any follow-up care? What have I done for lead generation? How have I shown up for myself and my business? I've created an offer. Do people know it exists? Have I sold recently?
So often, people choose this impulsive path, this disingenuous path, this reactive path, rather than looking at the basics of a business owner to say, am I being the boss of my business? Am I taking the steps and the actions necessary that my boss knows that I am in charge and I am on my way to the destination? Or am I just reacting? You know, one of the things that um, somebody said to me the other day is like, oh, I just did this social media post and it took me like 25 minutes to come with the, up with the right image. And it's, well, when you're taking 25 minutes to pick a photo for something people are going to spend five seconds or, you know, less looking at, you probably haven't put in your time in the right spot. But what is that about? What are you trying to achieve? You are obsessing about the, the fil- you know, the image for your post, why? Are you worried about what people are going to think? Are you worried that like you really need to stop and get people's attention? What is the fear? And what can you specifically do to manage the fear rather than attaching a story that implies anything other than you have to do the steps of the business? Now, one of the things that's so critical around these desperate times when there's a slowdown, some of this is simply going to mean looking at life for the long game, recognizing that we are holding the big picture. So for example, the example I just gave you about like, oh, I suddenly looked up from my calendar and nobody had booked in for August. Well, historically, since the beginning of time, since I was a therapist, August has been a slow time for um, you know, people on personal development journeys because either they're on vacation with their families or they're, you know, trying to get the last days of summer or they're surrounded by the people who make them feel like they need therapy. <laughs> so they're not going to therapy. So for me to look at a slow August and be like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to create something. I have to do this. I have to do that. When in fact, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, no matter what I offer, odds are that people won't be chomping at the bit to buy because it's August and they'd rather be doing summer than doing coaching with me. That doesn't mean that I can't create a prevent defense in, you know, April, May, June, July to say, hey, August is coming. This is going to be the slow time. You're not going to want to think about this then. So why don't you think about it now or create a low key, low vibe, um, you know, sort of August offering. It doesn't mean that I can't can't be planful about it. But when you get reactive, you lose your strategy, you lose your forward thinking. And instead, you're just thinking about what is it that I need to say to get to this point. So what I want you to do is start thinking about like, as a business owner with this goal, who do I want to be? And how do I want to move through the world, regardless if anybody buys from me? Because you can always learn a new strategy, but if your character becomes somebody who lies and misrepresents to get clients, it is so hard to come back from that. If your intention is to lower your rates and undersell because you think on some level you will be getting rid of the cost objection and it'll be easier for people to buy in and they will just clamor for it, like then you are going to continue to 
to get in your own way around that rather than recognizing that if people aren't buying from you, you might be selling yourself to the wrong people. And desperation makes you think that like, oh my gosh, like these are the only people. These are the people on my email list or these are the people who follow me on social media. So I just have to lower my rate so that they can work with me rather than thinking about the business acumen that you know is that like you were thinking about your business from the long game. And if you lower your rates now, you're creating a problem later when you want to raise them and charge your worth. It is very easy to react quickly, to get stuck in a feast or famine cycle and to tell yourself a story that you were only doing this now rather than, um, you know, just for now until things are slow, rather to fill up a slot rather than making a permanent decision. But do you know, you know, the example I always give my husband is that we had this couch um, for a really long time and it had a good life for it. And then at some point in time, we're like, oh, we really need to get a new couch. Oh, we really need to get a new couch. And we never did until we ultimately moved. And then we trashed the stupid thing. But if you're identifying a need and you're letting the space saver fill it, you're never going to make the change. The thing I've joked with my husband about is I was like, you should have just gone to work one day and I should have junked the couch because then when you came home and we were just sitting on the floor, we would have been motivated to go out that weekend and to get a new couch and not just to sit every single night on something uncomfortable because that ends up solving the actual problem versus creating all of these other temporary problems and temporary reactions and bad moods and irritability that get in the way of making the decision we actually need. Now, connected to this, I do want to talk to you about the integrity around how you represent yourself during that feast or famine time. And I know, um, I know I have an old podcast episode that speaks to this. I wish I could, um, think of it off the top of my head now. I will try to remember to find it and link it up for you guys in the show notes. Um, but how do you, you know, how do you sell yourself when you, you're not actually selling very many things? So much of this is, you know, the intention is, um, you know, to, to give people a confident message of yourself when you're not feeling confident. But what you really want to do is give people an authentic message that shows you who they are. So with visibility opportunities and exposure opportunities, absolutely, the temptation is going to be to lie and misrepresent because you're not going to want people to think X, Y, Z. What I would like you to do instead of compromising your integrity, misrepresenting yourself is what is it that you want people to know? What is it that you believe? What are the values you're bringing to the table? And have a conversation about that and speak to your knowledge and illustrate your experience. So it becomes a show, don't tell. Because the tell is the lie, right? The tell is misrepresenting yourself, talking about how you've accomplished XYZ with your business and been able to do ABC. But the showing is, this is how I put my words in actions. This is the value I have, and this is how I live them. This is how I teach other people to live them. And this is how I move through the world. And that way, 
way you were illustrating your values and you were giving people an illustration to who you are and how you move through the world that's completely authentic without having to lie, without having to misrepresent yourself. Now, the same thing goes true for the the pricing conversation that somebody, you know, probably lowered their price with the best of intentions, um, created all kinds of stories about it, but then as a result, dumbed down their offering by undercharging and undervaluing what they do. So instead of lowering the rate, my guess is, and my intention is, is to communicate better the value, to show and demonstrate the value, to create the sense of urgency and the need, and to test the theory. So, so often people lower their rates before they even test the theory. And one of the things that, and I did this myself, and this is why I'm giving this as an example, because a couple of years ago in the online space, I dumped myself down and I lowered my rates and I went, you know, lower than what my first rate was. And I, um, one of the ways that I did it is I didn't advertise it. I didn't promote it. I just had sales calls and in the same time as, you know, pitching the same session sort of packages and things that I was doing at the time, instead of offering my regular rate, I was offering a lower rate and I was still getting a no. Because there is a subset of people who are not willing to pay for the change that they say they want. But if I had advertised that and that became public, I would have been trapped in it. So if you genuinely, authentically believe in all honesty that you may have been overcharging for your services and that you may be pricing yourself out of your own market, I would like for you to test the theory. I would like for you to have three sales calls where instead of quoting your regular rate, you lower the rate. And I want to see if you get the conversion on that. I want to see if it works because if you get three people to buy with you at the lower price point, it is better for your calendar if you do that. But these large sort of big scale announcements of lowering your rate, all you're doing in that is lowering your worth. But if you make a large scale announcement around the availability of discovery calls, of consultation calls, of let's see if we can work together calls, and you open your calendar, you have the opportunity, you know, without public pricing to be able to test your theory of whether or not that you sell your offering at a lower rate with more success. That way you're not like dumbing down your services. You're not making this global reactive decision and Instead, you're just focusing on what's in front of you, testing the theory before you make it a permanent change. But when people start feeling desperate, they do these like, huge advertisements, right? Like suddenly pretty soon we're going to be on those Black Friday email lists and everybody's going to be clamoring. And I was just talking to a business owner this week who's already worried about her ad spend for Facebook when she competes with the, you know, the e-marketers and everybody else who's selling their wares online. So it's easy to get reactive and start thinking, I'm going to have to ABC in order to compete. I'm going to have to DEF. What I would like you to do is just test the theory, but make sure that as you're doing this, you're simply representing yourself. You're telling yourself and you're telling other people what it is you want them to think and know about you and your business, why you and your business are valuable and why their dollars would be best spent with you. If you are recognizing and highlighting your own talent, it gets in the way and interrupts the impulse to misrepresent yourself. So instead of feeling like you are not enough and then choosing a lie, 
high, which contributes to the feeling of not enoughness, or lowering your rate, which also contributes to the story of not enoughness, you are going to show up for yourself as worthy and deserving and as the boss of your business so that the decisions you make regarding your business are coming from a place of strategy versus a place of emotion. Now, those emotions, when times are tight, are really hard. Um, and it, it takes daily practice and presence to gut it through during those times. But once you've done that evaluation, how have I shown up? What have I done? The next question becomes, what am I willing to do for what it is I say I want? So then you can look at yourself and look at your business and see how you're not showing up for yourself and what you're not doing and do a check-in with yourself about what are the actions you are willing to take to have the life and business you want from a place of steadfastness and focused and self-assuredness rather than reactivity. It is fine to change course. It is fine to chart a new direction. We just want to decrease the impulsivity around it. And we want to decrease the impulse to cover up, pretend otherwise, or send a message that isn't true or isn't an accurate representation of who we are and how we move through the world. So I hope I did right by you by slowing this down and not going into rant mode, but instead, guiding you through the process. Desperate times are really scary and really intimidating, but if you slow yourself down and get really clear on who it is you want to be and how you want to move through the world, you will become somebody who manages down times and a way that you can hang your hat on and feel proud of. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you have a question or something you're kind of struggling and rolling about with that you would like my two cents on, I welcome your questions for the the show, you can always find me at heather at heathergrayconsulting.com. Thank you so much for today. I really look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.